<laughs> this is the Spotify episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weeping. As you should be. How can I do this episode? I'm weeping. I'm so sorry about that. I thought we'd, I'd get us into the vibes. You should never be sorry for making art, man. For to- well, exactly right. That's the whole thing about good art. It's unapologetic. Yes. Right. Unlike some of those Zoomers on TikTok making artificial music, opiate of the masses. What's the artificial stuff? The sea shanties. Sea shanties. Well, you know, you know how on like you'll see like those songs now on TikTok that are kind of like the meme songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just hear them in the production, like the lyrics. It just sounds like they were made to become a meme on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, a thing. I don't have any. Um, I, I don't cast any aspersions on these people. They get in the bag. Yeah, but we had some feedback on one of last week's episodes. Uh-huh. Speaking of music, how do you pronounce Y E? Mm-hmm. The artist previously known as Kanye West. Yep. We've got result because we did a Spotify poll. Timely of, Spotify of poll. Which, how many people responded to that? Oh, uh, there's a large number of people uh, interacting with our Spotify polls. Uh-huh. Would you say more than 14 people? Yes. Would you say less than 17 people? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 75% yay. Uh-huh. 25% ye. Yeah, not like, no. Look, I'm willing to... I actually didn't even bother looking it up after the, or trying to figure out the question after. Nor did I. Because I was so committed to the democratic process <laughs> of a Spotify poll. And I'm happy to concede that I you know, I, I got it wrong. It's pronounced uh, yay, not ye. And it's one of those things, as, as soon as the podcast ended, I was like, actually, it's so obviously yay that I have no idea why I even litigated the point. But it's fine. It's, it's all about learning. We all figure stuff out as we go. Oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the point is... He's going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people tomorrow morning. <laughs> I don't know what the update on that is. But... Did you actually, this is funny because it's, it's music related. Did you see the, um, you're going to love this. It came out today. There was like a, a Hollywood financier producer, MRC, big company, was doing a Kanye West documentary. Mm-hmm. And they announced that they're no longer doing the documentary. Um, uh-huh. they, they put out a press release saying they're not doing it anymore. But here's how the press release goes. It was this morning after discussion with our filmmakers and distribution partners, we made the decision not to proceed with any distribution for the recently completed documentary about Kanye West. We cannot support any content that amplifies his platform. Kanye is a producer and sampler of music. Last week, he sampled and remixed a classic tune that has, <laughs> that has charted for over 3,000 years. The lie that Jews are evil and conspire to control the world for their own gain. This song was performed a cappella in the time of the pharaohs, Babylon and Rome, went acoustic with the Spanish Inquisition and Russia's Pale of Settlement, and Hitler took the song electric. (laughs) Kanye has now helped mainstream it in the modern era. (laughs) No comment. No comment. And Uh, if you're trying to make a serious point... Um, I, I, I can kind of see how the person who was writing that is probably just like, they found the metaphor, they were riffing, they were, they were flowing. They were in a flow state. So power to them. And, and the rest of the, you know, that goes on is just like completely normal press release. It was just that one paragraph where they kind of cut loose yeah. and went wild. Anyway, we're talking about music because we wanted to do an episode 
about streaming. Yeah. Raph has his unique insights in this space, having been a professional musician of many years. Still is, some would argue. Semi-retired. Semi-retired. Officially semi-retired. But still with your, your eyes on the space. Mm-hmm. Music and technology, very much intertwined, both yeah. in terms of production and consumption. It's yeah. It's always sort of the cutting edge. And obviously the past, I mean, how many years? Spotify's been around for what? Probably getting, coming on a decade now. Yeah, slightly more, right? Yeah. Early... I mean, it came out of Napster. The big innovation with Spotify is industry-based, right? It was, well, you had Napster and then Last.fm and all of these platforms. Spotify was the first one to actually get the labels on board and say, Sony, Universal, etc., streaming is the way of the future and enter into licensing deals, which would ensure that the record labels would get paid yep. if people stream their music, which was, I mean, it seems silly to say that was the innovation, but that was what gave them, well, A, it was legal. But B, their competitive advantage was those contracts as record labels. Yeah. Which to an extent is also inhibiting because from Spotify's perspective, like every time you stream, they do need to share some of that revenue with multiple third parties. So this subscription revenue is being distributed to a lot of parties. To a lot of parties, yeah, Yeah. totally. As opposed to like YouTube. What I mean, YouTube still pay creators something, but like it's less than one-tenth of what Spotify pay because YouTube are dealing with individual creators who want to make it big on YouTube and be like, this is crazy. I yep. get a billion streams and I get to have $500,000. Yeah. Well, because obviously the music industry was up against the wildest and weirdest compromise, which is that the entire library of available music in the world was piratable. Yeah. Can't really do that with YouTube because it's always new content coming out. Yeah. And I mean, YouTube is free anyway, so that's not... And so obviously there are these massive gatekeepers. What There's like four major labels essentially. Three, really, because EMI is owned by um, Universal now. Oh, that's of course, yeah, yeah. So Warner, Universal, EMI, and Sony are the three big players. Yep. So obviously, as, as a result, the whole streaming landscape is based on that compromise from the ground up. Mm. And obviously, the loser right now is the artists. <laughs> the artists are not paid particularly well. Are you, so are you're, you're a Spotify guy, not an Apple Music guy? I am a Spotify guy, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm Spotify at the moment, but also like... I have a playlist with 12,000 subscribers, so I can't really leave. On Spotify, you have a... a On Spotify, yeah. 12,000 people subscribe to your... To one of my playlists, yeah. How often do you update that? Less frequently than I should, Uh but when I hear a song that catches my ear, I chuck it on the playlist. This is the place. So in some ways, that has acted as an anchor for me to stay on, on Spotify. That said, my good friend, Dixie, a.k.a the musician Joyride, one half of The Meeting Tree and one seventh of One Day. Um, he's a title guy. Yeah, no, I, I, he, he, he told me about this. It, it kind of blew my mind. Title is really good. Yeah. Maybe we can get onto title in a moment as like a third-party competitor, but you are an Apple Music guy. Correct. I'm an Apple Music user, Apple Music cuck. And the reason is there are a few different things. One of, one of them is that I have like that Apple subscription, mm. Apple One, which gets you all... All different sort of stuff. But B... Do you use that? Like arcade? I don't really use arcade, to be fitness? honest. Fitness? No, I don't use fitness. I use Apple TV. Yeah, Apple TV. And Apple Music. And like basically between those two, it essentially pays... It's worth it anyway. Yeah, it's like 24 bucks a month or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even remember how much I'm paying for it. It's terrible. But okay, there's a few things I like. I prefer about Apple Music. One, the music quality is better. So the sound quality is better in Apple, Apple Music. Let's blind test you on that one. <laughs> no, I, I actually... I can hear the difference. I'm telling you right now. But B, and this is probably like a side effect of Apple just being kind of stuck in their ways from the iTunes era, mm. they are still 
fully committed to like the old school metaphor or the old school like system of having like albums. Yeah. Albums and songs and organized in your library by albums and songs. Yeah. So they basically stuck to exactly the same model they used to have on the iPod back in 2001, which, you know, it's probably for people who are just getting to music now, it's probably alien to them. Yeah. But for me, I still like that. I still like having everything in that form. Whereas Spotify are way more, they want to completely splinter the way people listen to music. Well, they're using the same social media technique of they're just going for engagement, right? Like whatever engagement. can so, keep you listening to Spotify. Yeah, they would, they would prefer you listen to playlists. They would prefer you listen to song, Spotify radio, radio, quote unquote, which is just algorithmically recommended songs. And just tap the love heart when you hear a song that you like. And Apple like has a bit of that, but they've still kind of old in their ways and it sort of coheres with the way that I like to listen to music. So that's good. But on the other hand, and this is the thing that I lose, is that Apple's like recommendation algorithms are just like dog shit mm. i put on me radio or whatever on um apple music and it's just like it gives me the same list of like 50 bands essentially yeah and just cycles through them it does like weekly playlists for you like spotify does like discover weekly mm. or whatever it has kind of its own equivalent again just give me the same bands over and over it doesn't really encourage you to like branch out and listen to new stuff Whereas yeah, spotify yeah. obviously makes it part of their mission to force you to do that yeah the nature of Spotify then has kind of changed the nature of listening. And I agree, like Spotify, even the albums aren't in order of by year unless you go a few clicks deep, like discography. What this has led to and what streaming has led to and specifically the Spotify methodology of releasing music because it is the most popular streaming service, but Apple is swiftly catching up because it will, because my general hypothesis of if a company doesn't need to make a profit off a product, then their product will win over the companies that do need to make a profit because obviously they're able to reinvest more money into it. Same is true for Amazon Prime and Apple TV, etc. Sorry, Netflix is going to die. Anyway, another story for another day. But it leads to things like multiple ways to exploit the algorithm. One, if you're an artist who is already very popular, Drake, perfect example, a lot of his albums are really long. You get royalties per song as long as more than a percentage of the song has been listened to. Actually, I should explain how Spotify pay out because it's not what people think. Yep. There's a pool of money based on the amount of revenue that Spotify have that's then distributed based on plays. It's not like you get five cents a play or yep. whatever. There's not like a fixed amount. It's you get a percentage of the amount of revenue that Spotify generate within that time period. That's why it's hard to say like, oh, on Spotify, you get one cent and on YouTube, you get like one tenth of one percent or whatever. It changes all over the place depending on how much revenue Spotify are effectively making, how many of your plays are via free users, how many are via subscribed users, blah, 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 blah. So Drake releases an album. It's got 20 tracks on it. It's like, oh, wow, he really must have a lot to say, which obviously he does. <laughs> yeah. But I press play on song one on Drake's album and like leave my music going passive. You know, it's a passive experience listening to music for the most part. Unfortunately, hopefully when you listen to my music, you actively listen. You're doing like Hillsong waving your arms and shit? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> I want it like, it's a meditative experience. I got it. Okay, yeah. You get 20 songs. Drake gets 20 songs. Whereas like a short Kanye album or whatever, when he's just really, you know, shooting from the hip, he's only getting 11 tracks worth. Like Drake is getting double the royalties simply based on the fact that- People the, are just let, letting that album roll. Letting it roll. Yeah, you know, Kanye worked it out and the labels worked it out and starting to release longer albums because, like, that's the hustle. Yeah, it's the grind. It's just like how they, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you need to listen to 30 seconds. Yeah, I believe it's 30 seconds You can listen of a song. to 30 seconds of a song 
before you actually get a payout. Mm. So you're not going to get part of that pool if you if somebody listened to 20 seconds and then left. So as a result, you know, choruses and sort of like the peaks of songs are moving earlier and earlier and earlier so that in that first 30 seconds you get to have a big moment. You're not skipping. People aren't skipping. No, you're hearing like a, a big soaring like sing-along chorus, like an earworm part, and then you're like, oh, shit, I'm, I'll, there's, there's more here. But, you know, it's just because the sort of centre of gravity of the song is moving earlier and earlier in the track to capture those ears. Which is like the advertising technique, ADA, attention, interest, desire, action. You're getting, yep. You've got to get that attention up front. Like, well, hey, have you ever wondered how those people get their hair looking so gorgeous? It's like, well, I do wonder that. Yeah. I do wonder that. Now I'm, now I'm watching. Now I'm in. I mean, it's, the same. it's not just with music. It's with every bit of content that you consume, movies, whatever. It's all kind of bound and generated by the technology that makes it. Yeah. Like the whole reason that like the three and a half or the three minute, three and a half minute pop song was a thing is because of the original vinyls. That's how mm. long they would go for. And that kind of the three, three and a half minute pop song persisted for, it still kind of persists. Yeah. That's still the format that people kind of expect from a pop song. Well, yeah, if anything, they're getting shorter. That's true, actually. Because yeah. they, don't, they don't need to be as long to the point where like triple X Tentation or X Tentation, whatever, yeah. X, you know, he's releasing songs that are one minute 50. Yeah. And these short little songs that you're just hitting rewind, rewind, yeah. rewind. I don't think that he was doing it to kind of trick the algorithm yeah. or whatever, but it was still a great tactic because you're hitting replay. He's getting more of a revenue share of that. People's attention spans are lower anyway, so they don't want three and a half minute long songs, which I mean, yeah, you know, that's a short song. Three and a half minutes is a short song. It's a short, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of the SoundCloud rap guys were like that. They had like really short ones and they still do. A lot of hip hop songs that come out now are like a minute and a half, two minutes, mm. no real structure that you would expect. And like, you, you do have to wonder where a lot of that comes down to the fact that they want this stuff to go big on TikTok. Yeah. More than anything. That's kind of like the listening platform where people are exposed to new music. That's kind of like the discovery mechanism now. Mm. Rather than going on Spotify and having it served to you in a playlist, you go on TikTok, you scroll through, you see some like, I don't know, fucked meme that has a song and then it, it becomes famous through that. I mean, it's been happening for a few years. It's not new, but a lot of stuff that appears in like the Billboard Hot 100 or whatever gets there through going big on TikTok. At least the feedback I'm getting from... DJ friends is that ABBA is just destroying them. Like the ABBA TikTok thing. So oh, yeah. every time they play gigs, it's just ABBA, ABBA, ABBA. And I've asked like kind of career DJs who are just DJing every weekend and have been doing for a long time and just getting hit with it to like, like mates who are in EDM acts who kind of play their own stuff with a bit of EDM. And like when I floated it with Nick from Setmo the other day, we were at a Peterson Bowling Club and went inside to buy some drinks and some food for the kids. Uh-huh. And ABBA was playing and I was like, are you? He's like, mate, don't talk to me about ABBA. You know, he's like touring around, playing their, their new album and just getting requests for ABBA. That's got, that's got real like um, primary school disco energy around it. Yeah. But that's the big thing at the moment, apparently, ABBA. Yeah. Or at least it was like three months ago. The top of kind of like the virality final is definitely like TikTok now. Oh, t- I, like- I guess Instagram Reels maybe. Uh, I... um was in some kind of shop and I heard a bunch of songs and I was like, oh, I wonder, like, is this just a TikTok playlist? And it's like, no, it's not a TikTok playlist. Like, yes, they're all big on TikTok, but like, this is just the top. This is where it all all comes through now, which is obviously interesting. And it used to be a bit that way with YouTube as well. A lot of people use YouTube as like their music streaming platform. Yeah. They'll just, they'll just go and Google, I don't know, a playlist and listen to stuff that's probably not like legitimately uploaded or whatever. Mm. That's kind of like replaced piracy probably for people that don't want to pay for Spotify or suffer through ads. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. I mean, the other big hustle on Spotify, which I respect this grind, 
there's a business that, again, a friend of mine did a little bit of work for as a music producer. And they're basically like an ambient music business, but with the full intention of just creating playlists on Spotify. They've got a bunch of very popular kind of meditative and ambient playlists, but it's all of their artists. Yep. And they just get artists to churn out more kind of ambient, sleep, nighttime music. Just holding like a little C major on your pad or whatever. But then next level tier is people, much like, I guess, Google, they game the algorithm. So if I'm looking for nighttime rain music, obviously you could make a song called Nighttime Rain Music. But if you make your artist name Nighttime Rain Music and have a song called Rain Six Hours Long, you're going to surface highest and you're going to generate so many clicks and so many streams for people, who anyone who's looking for like yep. rain music or whatever, because you've made your artist name rain music. Yeah. Now, there's all these weird hacks. There was, there was a story um, BuzzFeed reported on this last month, actually. There's a whole bunch of like songs on like Spotify and Amazon Music and all the streaming platforms that have like weird toilet humor names. For the kids. Yeah, there's songs with like titles like Poopy Diaper and like, you know, Poopy Stupid Butt and all that kind of stuff. And, like, the story doesn't really come to the conclusion that these people are necessarily fully gaming the algorithm or whatever. But the sort of the thesis here is that they're literally profiting from kids, A, either, like, just, like, typing that into an iPad, but even more prominently yelling it at, like, their Alexa, <laughs> like, being like, Alexa, play poopy stupid butt. And these guys are, like, getting cents on the dollar every yeah. time these kids. One of the lovely stories was that there was like, a teacher... I think it was a summer holiday camp guy and he said he made a song with the kids and he was like, we're going to write and record a song and we're going to publish it. We're going to put it on the internet. What do you want to call it? And they were like poopy, stupid butt. And, you know, he didn't look back and then kind of a year later he checked in on his third-party publishing account which publishes Spotify and had like $1,500 and was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Poopy, stupid butt was just bringing in the place. That's... Passive income, baby. That's that's what the life's all about. Yeah, kids' music is this huge thing. Yeah. I mean, YouTube is where it, it's massive. It's obviously massive on Spotify as well, but it's kind of harder to see. But things like Daddy Finger. Yeah. I don't know if you know Daddy Finger, Daddy Finger. Oh, f- where are you? Here I am. Here oh, I am. Yeah, I How do, do you do? Yeah. Mummy Finger, Mummy Finger. Yeah. It's actually really dark when you look at it. It's like oh, Daddy yeah. Finger looped six hours and stuff. But um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who wrote and recorded that? Yeah. Well, even like Baby Shark or whatever is... Well, Baby Shark is, you know, that's the South Koreans. Like, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, <laughs> they're good. Gangnam Style was the biggest song in the world. Yeah. Number one hit. And now of, Baby Shark. And now Baby Shark. That's two South Korean acts. They know what they're doing over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. There's like, I mean, there was that whole thing that came up a few years ago about how weird and creepy a lot of that, um, like, kids animation. Yeah, weird generative, got, like, animation. Yeah, and it's like, a lot of it looks like it was just, like, spat out by an AI or whatever. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, kids don't really have a huge taste. I mean, your kids might. I don't know. I don't want to like, cast any aspersions on whether your kids have musical taste, but I'm going to assume they probably don't. They just like stuff that's kind of, like, bright and bubbly. Yeah, and- Call Me Maybe is big right now. Oh, really? Like, well, yeah. There's a lot of 35-year-olds that love that song, <laughs> yeah, well, this- I've heard. There was that story that came up last year. So it was this New York Times journalist. His name's Ian Urbina. Uh, he wrote a book called The Outlaw Ocean, and it was basically just talking about all like the weird stuff that happens out in the world's oceans, like piracy and what else happens on the oceans? All four of them. All four. <laughs> um, you know, there's only one global ocean, really. We Think gotta, about we, it. We got to put ba- we got to put boundaries on this stuff. Every other ocean is a social construct. That's very true. Anyway, sorry. So he wrote a series of articles 
called The Outlaw Ocean, and which is basically about how you know the ocean is like a lawless place. Mm. You know. Law of the sea, though. Law of the sea. Well, that's it. The law of the sea, not the ocean. It's not. Well, that's it. So, you know, no one abides by the law of the sea. Let's well, I mean, it's a Eurocentric concept. In fact, it's rather ludicrous, this idea of freedom of navigation. Correct. Anyway, so he was talking about how there's like all sorts of smuggling and piracy and, you know, sweatshop labor and cybercrime and whatever that happens out on the world's oceans. He wrote a series of things. And then basically, he came up with this idea that he was going to do a music project around the outlaw ocean. Mm-hmm. And the way he did that is. This was all exposed in like a YouTube video or something. One of those like YouTube videos that goes like 90 minutes and it's some guy talking down the camera and being like... My favorite. Oh, huge. That's how I do all my crypto research. But basically he ended up allegedly, I'm going to chuck a big allegedly on top of here, contacting a bunch of musicians and being like, hey, do you want to make some music for my little, my oceans project? And he ended up contacting hundreds and hundreds of musicians. And what ended up happening is they all had like this massive playlist on Spotify, which had all these nice like ambient music with ocean sounds and mm, stuff. A bit of wow noises, hopefully. Yeah, no, that, that, that sort of vibe. But uh, <laughs> sorry, one more time. Okay, love that. But Mr. Ian Obina, journalist, was co-credited in all these songs because he wrote the, mm. the project it was inspired by. He got publishing. He got publishing. So as a result, there were these playlists of hundreds and hundreds of ambient songs, just like you were talking about, um, where he was sort of also raking in a huge amount of money and was doing very well by it, apparently, allegedly. But uh, it, it became a huge scandal. He had to put out all these sort of statements where he was like, no, this is like a real project. I really care about the outlaw ocean. <laughs> and obviously people were a bit dodgy on the fact that he contacted like 300 musicians to make all this music. Yeah, but these these are these are the I'm not going to say scams. I just thought of I just thought of one though. Go ahead. Now you're in on it, listener. You're complicit. So obviously Spotify are promoting podcasts now because they see it as a way to retain people coming back to the Spotify app, finding value out of the app. Podcasts you listen to for 40 minutes, and by the way, Spotify don't have to pay royalties to us like mm-hmm. they do the record labels. If we made a 37 minute long song like the final song of the Meeting Trees new album coming out in a month's time. They had to pay royalties to, in that case, Universal and also the Meeting Tree. This podcast, they don't have to pay any royalties, hence why it makes sense for them to pivot to podcasts because as well as keeping people on the platform, no royalties, yep. all Spotify. It's all Spotify content, yeah. Here's my hack. Mm-hmm. They're promoting podcasts right now on Spotify. So A, I mean, peep, the, we'll, put a, we'll put a poll on this. I don't know what it says just yet. What if we release a podcast episode that uses like the hacks that's like an ambient episode, 60 minutes of sleep, it'll probably surface higher when people search for it. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Siri's not into it. I th- I th- they're listening to us, brother. <laughs> the powers that be don't want that, don't want us doing this. Should we, well, maybe we just title this episode that and then just put out a big, oh, and I'll put an hour of ambience at the end. We probably don't have to do it. We could just call the the episode like five hours rain sounds. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> rain sounds ambient study music. And see if this is the most listened to episode of Down Round History. That sounds great. Let's, let's give it a crack. 